Hello and welcome to uh, episode four of the Kicking Mustang podcast. I'm here with Alpha Pew Pew. Hello. Um, we were up late last night watching the UFC fight and we woken up a little bit hungover this morning, uh, but I promised that I would be recording this podcast and I've got questions here from uh, my Facebook and Instagram accounts. Some really cool questions coming in. So uh, I'm gonna go through those in a moment. Uh, but first of all, as I have been doing with these podcasts, I am touching on the news. News for Kicking Mustang is that I have some new t-shirts out and uh, they are. I have teamed up with forcewear.co.uk. They approached me uh, about putting out these t-shirts and it was just an impossible offer to say no to. They're an amazing company run by uh, British Army veterans. I think the two owners, one's an Army veteran, the other one is a Marine uh, veteran, um, and the T-shirts are manufactured by, uh, the, and they employ British Army uh, veterans, and they are made in the UK uh, by hand. They are not made uh, in China by machines, so they're handmade by vets, and it was just an impossible uh, offer to say no to. There's some really cool designs, and if you want to check those out, have a look at forcewear.co.uk. If you buy those t-shirts, you are um, helping to support my Mustang channel, as well as supporting a British Army veteran-run uh, company, uh, which is, uh, yeah, that's cool, guys. Buy the t-shirts and support, support the Mustang channel. Uh, in other news, I have been using the Wasp Piston in my SRS. Have you got a Wasp Piston in your Not yet. Gun? I've got a VSR, so um, I'm hoping that... Um the V2 VSR Wasp will be produced, so we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, the Wasp in my SRS has really, it's transformed the gun. It's mm. its made it so quiet. It's, it's as quiet as my Tanaka gas rifle. Wow. And one of the big features of it is it does, uh, it does increase the power of the gun, so you can use less powerful springs. But for me, the main feature that has really helped my game is it is so much quieter. It's got an air brake and a cut piston design and it's just made it almost whisper quiet, allowing me to pull off some incredible stealth kills and um, well worth looking to uh, buy a Wasp if you can get them. But also what's now available is the new Silverback Piston, which is a wasted pi weighted piston, very similar design mm. to the Sniper Mechanic Piston, but I haven't used it yet, and uh, but it is available. So it's got a similar principle. It's got like a cup design, an air brake, and it's weighted. Now I haven't had, I haven't tested it, but that is worth looking at if you cannot get hold of a sniper mechanic wasp piston. Um, have you got any other news, Alex? Apart from the fight last night, airsoft-related news. We got, oh, we've got the new news. video out. Yes, I, I put that out. Yes. You didn't go to that Millsim, did you? I didn't. I was gutted. Yeah, I was, at, at Bramley, yeah, Legion events. Yeah, I was there with um, RDX Tactical. Yeah. It was a really good event. There was a lot of cheating, but despite the cheating, it was a really good event. Um, that video has gone up now um, on the Mustang channel. It's a competition, if you want to take part. I'm going to run this competition probably for a couple of weeks. Uh, Skirm Shop UK have donated a ghillie suit and crafting materials, the sneaky leaves that I use on my suits. Um, and all you have to do is watch that video, count up the number of cheaters uh, or incidents of cheating you spot. And if it matches my uh, count of cheating in the video, uh, I will put all those matching answers into a hat and we'll draw the winner. 
completely free to enter competition and Skirmshop UK are donating the, the ghillie suit and crafting materials. So um, yeah, enter that one guys. And also, if you're in the Sniper Ops group, there's also another competition going to win one of the uh, t-shirts, one of the new Sniper Ops t-shirts. And what you have to do to enter that competition, if you are not in the Sniper Ops group, is join the Sniper Ops group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Sniper Operations. And you post a picture of your ghillie suit uh, in field or it could be a funny or it could be a, an informative picture or footage and you just have to post it in the thread and uh, if I pick the I'll pick the winner of what I think will be the most valuable content that could be because it's just wow what an amazing suit or it could be an informative crafting video or it could be, whatever makes me go wow I'll pick the winner and uh, the winner gets one of these t-shirts. I'm wearing it here. Um, at the moment, if you're just if you're listening to the podcast, we are live streaming at the same time on Instagram, and you'll win one of these t-shirts here that the very buff and handsome Alpha Pupil <laughs> is sporting. Um, right, so that's it for the news. Um, news and plugging. Uh, let's go on to the questions. These are questions that I've received on the Kicker Mustang Facebook page. Let's kick off with uh, a que- we've got three questions here from Joshua Usri. Uh, first of all, he asked, what are the best shoes for stealth? Great question. Um, Alex, what do you use? And uh, is, is stealth a consideration for your footwear, footwear when sniping? Stealth, yes, definitely. Because if you wear your traditional military-style boots, uh, you tend to stomp around. And uh, even if you've worn them in a... Um, urban environment everybody knows you have a there's a heavier footfall and they're heavier in general so uh, what I've been wearing for a few years now are these hiking boot types so I wear the Merrill Moabs these are a bit old-fashioned now they've got a Moab 2 that's just been released which are really nice they've got a bit more lateral support across the sort of side of your foot these, these don't have ankle support these don't have ankle support these are lows they do a mid boot which is ever so slightly higher which gives you a little bit more uh, ankle but I find uh, for sniping, sneaking around, and you can dual purpose and use it for hiking, that with less ankle, more flex, when you place your foot down, you're almost, uh, you can really sort of fox walk, as they say, which is a technique you can look it up on, online. But basically, it's about shifting your weight from the back foot onto the forward foot uh, and making sure that you don't have any crunching, crisping, all the rest of it. Uh, doing it in quite an efficient way and um, I've, I've, I've personally found that not running those military heavy boots which I do have and I have got access to uh, just some good Gore-Tex hiking boots uh, that are comfy that's the first mm. thing being, making sure they're comfortable well, you say, you say, God, do you think waterproofing is important because for me especially during the summer months I don't think waterproofing actually matters no and I would in the summer months there's two I, I actually for skirmishing or when, when the weather's good and I'm skirmishing I wear ninja boots or, or tabby boots yeah they're cool and the, gr- the great thing about those is although they've got no ankle support I don't the thing is you've got they've got really thin soles which allows you to feel the ground underneath you so when you're starting to put your weight down on your feet you can more easily feel when there might be a twig under your feet or leaves mm. or just um, something that could break and it allows you to then stop uh, putting the pressure down on your foot and and take it back off and replace your foot so for me for stalking thin soles are really important yeah it's but it's hard to get thin soled 
boots, unless they're like plimsolls. These, these, these are really good. These are really thin, actually. So you can feel through on those yeah, these, boots. You can feel. Through I must those. admit, uh, the Merrells are they're actually quite reasonable if you look online. But yeah, they've got a lot of flex, and I do think they're the, they're a little bit less rugged. They're a bit more like trainers. They really do have a lot of flex there. Really good, um, but. I think what you can get away with really is non-Gore-Tex and then running something like a seal skin sock or some sort of waterproof derived sock because then your feet will um, perspire better. Yeah, I, I wear seal skins. My, I've got a pair of 511 Skylight boots, they're called. They're not waterproof. They're more like a, they're, they're not a desert boot, but they are very lightweight with a thin sole. And mm. they're the, the lightest boot, um, sort of um, mil-spec style boot the lightest I could find. The problem is they're not waterproof, so I do wear those with seal skin socks, which are a bit of a game changer. They yeah, do allow absolutely. you to feel the, the ground under you. And I'm, it's, it's a tough decision to make when you're wearing shoes. Essentially, there's always a compromise. Are you going to compromise on ankle support and having waterproof? Or do you go for the extreme stealth in the... Even something like moccasins. I remember reading about Canadian Special Forces unit in the Second World War, mm. and they were wearing moccasins shoes to, to to infiltrate and to be quiet. Yeah. So um, that's not a bad option. Someone's mentioned that in the Snipeops group about wearing moccasins. That might not be a bad option. Something I was thinking of as well, which um, I don't think anybody's done yet, is trail running shoes. People that do a lot of these um, tough mudder and Spartan run, they wear a more a bit more like this, something that's a, a low-cut trail shoe, but they have um, more rugged uh, foot sole, really, so mm. that... Um, yeah, they're almost like rugby boots, but that, that could be yeah. interesting. But like most things, there's always a compromise, and you've got to make that decision yeah. um, whether you want to sacrifice ankle support. And there's always a, there's always a debate anyway about ankle support and heavy boots, and it, does it reduce injury? Well, it probably reduces ankle injury, but it could also increase other kinds of injury. Um, you can walk more carelessly or get more careless. At Battlegrounds a few weeks ago, somebody was wearing very heavy uh, boot, proper um, walking boots, and they got a very serious leg injury when they jumped into a ditch because they were perhaps overconfident about the support those mm. boots gave them. And they didn't turn their ankle. They actually um, bent their, their shin bone and it went through the, I think it went through the skin. It was a proper, what are, they, what are those breaks called? Compound. Yeah. Compound yeah. break because yeah. of the boots he was wearing. So it's not, ankle sport isn't the be-all and end-all, um, but you've just got to be aware of the compromises you, you might be making when choosing your footwear. And there's no right or wrong um, answer on that one, I think. So it's a very personal choice. Um, Joshua asked another another question here: Are AEG snipers worth a try? Um, as cons- I think, as well as the quiet factor. So AEG snipers are they worth it? Well, I've I've got. Yeah, I mean they can they they can be worth it. And I think if you're just starting out in airsoft, using an AEG is is worth a go. But in terms of a powerful AEG like a DMR, I've got a, an SVD. A real sword SVD, and it is it is loud, and I think I, th- I think it's an interesting option, but you're never going to get the accuracy or the stealth that you get from a bolt action, and they're, they're never going to be as consistent as a bolt action either. No way. With a with a VSR, I mean you've you've got Polis, <coughs> you've got a Polestar M4, yeah, which is just an incredibly quiet and lethal gun. That is, at, yeah, at close ranges, yeah, yeah. But once you get beyond 40, 50 metres, the accuracy does fall considerably, yeah, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's certainly not a standard gun, but I think you, you can't you can't match the VS, you can't compare it almost to a VSR, really, and I wouldn't be confident hitting someone at 100 metres with the Polar Star 
Whereas with a VSR, I will give it a I'll even give it if a you go. jack the power up, you, you couldn't. Yeah, you so could I've, probably reach that far. Oh yeah, it will definitely. It certainly will go. And um, there are some really good systems on the market. Uh, Wolverine brand, they have a really good where it's a closed bolt system. Polestar have the same kind of thing with the diffusion yeah. engine and the F2 that I just brought out. They're a lot more consistent, but I think again, heavyweight ammo. Um, I think for that reliability factor as well the fact that you don't have to have all the other tanks I think you're mm. not going to be a bolt action gun like a VR, v, BSR or an SRS or something like that I, I think you with an AG I think if you want to get into stealth play you could go for something like some of the TM guns you could play a, a, a sniper type role with something like a P90 which you can pick up for £200 even brand new um, the TR, I think it's called, and it comes with a suppressor. It's and three that, rail, yeah. That's yeah. it, there. The TR stands for tri rail, and it's got a suppressor on the front. And it's a really quiet AEG. Yeah. And you can play the sniper role, but you're not going to have the range um, of a bolt action. So, is an AEG worth considering if you want to try out sniping? Yes, because for 200 quid, you could try a stealthy type of play. Yeah. But to get the ranges of a bolt action and the consistency of the bolt action, you're going to struggle and it's going to be hell expensive. Yeah, it will that be. Very, that's, I think that's a big... That is a good point. To upgrade a DMR. Oh, my God. I mean, expensive. yeah, very expensive compared to a bolt action. But I must admit, if I want to have loads of fun, get loads of kill, get really close up, I use my Polar Start, one dual it, run something like a 28 through it, 28 weight grand BB, and I just run around and have loads of fun in my giddy. We were so. in front. We were in front. Oh. And there was a, the sniper ops went to. Was, was this early this year, wasn't it? May, yeah, was Mar- it May? March. March. Yeah. Um, we were in uh, playing on a, a, a mountain, and there was a, a World War One fortress on the top, surrounded by forest. And there was a sniper ops team there, about eight of us, I think. And yeah. you had your Polestar M4. Yeah. And when the enemy just got close, they thought they were snipers. And then they got close, and your M4 was just, just like them. silent killer and just, just destroyed them. them. So, yeah, yes. the firepower an AEG or a, a, a quiet automatic gun can provide is, yeah, you, a bolt yeah. action will never do it. But if you want the range of silence, you've got to go for a VSR. And you can yeah. probably get a very well performing VSR for three or four hundred pounds, and you're yeah, maybe start with a SEMA base, um, get yourself, uh, I think really making sure the hop is good. So at the moment, um, I've got the gunsmithy who's on Instagram, give him, a, give him a follow and have a look at what he does. He produces an arm, which is basically in conjunction with the TDC, that has transformed my gun, really has. Mm. Um, I'm loving that, it's just Dangerous thing. Yeah, it's good. It's innovative. But, I mean, yeah. the, the hot mods really are most clever. important. Hot mods are most important. Hop, yeah, definitely. Um, but if you want it, to, it's, it's always this question pops up over and over again. If you want to get into sniping, do you go straight for a bolt action or do you try with AGs? I don't think there's any definitive answer. I think for to get a bolt action, you need some tech in experience. That's the problem. And you can do it cheaply, but you need tech in experience or you need someone like um, Sniper Mechanic or Gunsmithy to do it for you. Yeah. If you don't they will the sort you right out. Give them your money and say, sort me out. Give them your budget as well. This is, that's the benefit, I think, when you go to a professional, because they both are, and there's loads of other people as well, but these are my, my personal experiences, both of the two, two nicest gentlemen and I probably know. Um, give, you know, say to them, I've got 300, 200, whatever it will be, and they will hook you up. And, and I think that's important as well. I think 
budget is important with anything in anything in life really if you have an endless budget then you have endless options don't you so but of course yeah. if you want to do if you want to play you sort of make the most out of it again and then it, I, I think really if you want to try the sort of I call it assault sniper so I put my ghillie on and I have my M4 or even a pistol or even a Mark 23 yeah, this is what I was about to say is yeah. that if you want to try my style of play cheaply the cheapest way to try this style of play is to buy a Mark 23 pistol um, yeah. I would always recommend the TM the Definitely. Tokyo Marui one but you can get the ASG or the clone and you can pick those up for like 40 quid yeah. Um, and with the maple leaf modifications, I've got a, I've got an upgrade video on my YouTube, which will show you the kind of mods you can do quite cheaply. You will then be able to reach outreach almost every AEG on the field, and you'll better use those single shot sniper style and semi auto as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's the best way if you want to try this style of play is to go for the Mark Twenty Three route. I think. Um, that's yeah. what I always recommend. But great yeah. question. I don't think there's any correct answer. Is an AEG sniper worth a try? Yes. Yeah. Um, is it going to be as effective as a bolt action? No. no. Is it going to be the cheapest way of getting into the game? Mm, probably not. Um, you can do the MK23 route. I think the MK23 would be better as well because I really, so. even if you have got your AEG and you don't really prefer the snipe inside of it, you've still got the silent pistol yeah. sidearm. Really. The, the other thing is, before we move on, I think another thing that's important to me is the satisfaction of getting those single shots with an AEG, oh. you just you don't get that same level of satisfaction, and that's a really important uh, feeling when you're sniping to pick off those single shots, and it's that that sense of satisfaction. Um, I almost I, I like to compare it to a hole in one in golf. Definitely, and if you you know you fire a load of golf balls sort of roughly in that direction and, and one of them happens to go in it's not very satisfying but when you take that single shot and it lands that's where you get all the satisfaction yeah. from so um, worth a go yeah AEG is worth a go but you're not going to get the same results um, okay uh, we've had a couple of questions about Shugu <laughs> Shugu um, I should probably get sponsored by Shugu or the Sniper Optic Group Shugu the amount of time for you Shugu for our ghillie crafting um, Shugu if you don't know about it is the it's, it's an American made glue that or, um, which is made for repairing shoes. It's very, very strong and flexible. That's why we use it for our ghillie suits, both for crafting and repairing, and it's amazing. However, it's covered in warning, like warning this causes cancer, health <laughs> warning, big X's and skulls on it. Don't eat your dog. Yeah. I, look, this is an American company. I, people say, is there alternative because of health warnings? Listen, everything from America has health warnings on it. So do I worry about it? Well, I don't know. If I die from finger cancer in a few years' time, then... Wear gloves, wear a respirator, open ventilated area. I think you're good. Don't eat it. Yeah, Not a good idea. be all right. Is there an alternative <laughs> to Shugu? Um, a cheaper alternative. There's something called E6000, which you can buy. Which you can pick up for about half the price of Shugu. It has the same sticking power. It looks the same, smells the same, but it's a bit runnier. Uh, that's the cheap alternative. I personally prefer Shugu. I find it easier to craft with, but E6000 is a cheaper alternative. Um, I've got a question here from, I think, from Poland or East European, Eastern Europe, perhaps. Uh, I can't pronounce his name, Matthias Oscar, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, he's asking about ticks. Do I ever get ticks or other insects while playing? Personally, I have not had ticks, um, and he is asking about applying repellent beforehand. I personally don't, uh, because I think the leaf suits, when they're attached, when they're on you, do provide good protection. Having said that, um, I do think ticks are incredibly important to know about. They spread really nasty diseases. My friend Nicola suffers from Lyme disease. She caught that from ticks in Canada. And now there are more and more uh, 
cases of it turning up in the UK and it is really important. I've got a product that has been given to me for testing by a local company. They're an airsoft uh, retailer and the, the wife of the owner is into um, natural products and she has got a, a ghillie wash, a ghillie soak and she has given me this product to test. I haven't tested it yet. I don't think it's the right time of year, but watch out for this product that I will hopefully be testing and featuring in um, in the springtime. What about you, Alex? Have you ever had a tick or do you worry about ticks at all? Yeah, I think it's a consideration, definitely. Um, I actually saw one tick at the Nationals this year, so uh, and that was off game. I was sitting on the floor um, just having a cup of tea and I literally saw it on the outside of my um, my my trousers actually. So I was only doing, um, I didn't have my bottom half of my ghillie on. I uh, just had normal combat bottoms, and um, yeah, it was on my leg. I was quite, I was a little bit shocked if I'm honest. Um, but I think decent boots or decent footwear, long socks like normal hiking socks, uh, quality pair of trousers, not shorts. If you're wearing shorts. I know some of these Milsim guys uh, like wearing shorts. You're going to get punished, I think, by brambles, stinging yeah. nettles, and any creepy crawly spiders, whatever. Um, this is the great thing about leaf suits, are they? They do protect you from ticks and bugs and things. Definitely. They, 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 they will, maybe they'll get down your neck and stuff, but they do offer some protection. Definitely. Um, and just a, a few misconceptions about ticks. They don't jump. They do move very slowly. And the way ticks are is because um, I you know I didn't really know a lot about them and there's only a few different types really that are, are you know potentially going to be causing you issues but they kind of hold their legs out in a hooking fashion at the top of um, twigs branches at the level of the most common animals in the area so if you're in the UK it's going to be foxes bunnies those kind of things we haven't got any larger mammals than that and free roaming so deers, they're gonna, deers, yeah so they're going to be kind of low-lying really um, so that's another thing if you're stalking very low there's probably a higher probability yeah. your legs a higher probability so that I suppose if you're cr- crouching down with your head down that's going to cause yeah I just think it's important I think as ghillie suit wearers and as if we are if you're playing a lot you just need to be aware they yeah. exist yeah. I don't think it's worth it's not I'm going to say worry don't go don't think I'm not going to play airsoft because you might get a ticket. I think just be aware of it. Be aware of the potential diseases. Be aware of things like the bulletproof, the, the bullet, um, uh, the target rash that can turn up, which is a sign you might yeah. have an infection. Bullseye. Like, bullseye, bullseye, bullseye rash. That's the one. Yeah. Um, and if you're aware of that and you know how to treat it and go to doctors, if you see any of the telltale signs, yeah. then you're going to be fine and just be aware of it. So yeah. um, do I do I get ticks? No. Do I worry about it? No. I'm just aware of it. Yeah. Um, also, Matthew's asked about Lenskin's foil from, from Skirmshot. He is asking, um, have I applied to my goals? No, I have not. Have you tried the Lenskin's, Alex? Uh, I haven't, but I've seen them. Um, they did look quite cool. The only thing that concerns me, because I do wear mesh when I snipe, is that um, how much they might darken your field of view. Yeah. I tell you what's, inter- what's interesting is that someone's asking, Matt just said, do you think they limit your vision? I'll tell you what I might do. I might try those on my GoPros. I've just had a thought of that because my. That's actually a good idea. I might try yeah, that on the yeah. GoPros and then we'll be able to see whether it affects it at all. Um, let's go on. We've got two more questions here from Facebook before we tackle the Instagram questions. Uh, Pierre asks, what have I put in my SRS Silverback? Uh, I have got the Wasp Piston. 
I am using, I've got a few different barrel setups. The one I prefer, which I seem to get the best results with, is the PDI barrel with a Stalker R-Hot patch and a Stalker nub, the new rubber nub. Um, but I've also got two other barrel setups. I've got the Maple Leaf with a hot shot bucking in a 22 inch configuration with, that's in a fast hop as well, and that's got a Stalker nub as well. That is, that is very good, but that's kind of my backup. I'm not, I just, it's not quite as flat as the R-Hop setup, but it's not much in it. Um, and my other setup is standard, completely standard with a poison apple with silverback and a barrel. And that's probably my go-to backup. And I, if my R-Hop patch goes down or it's bad weather, I will go with the poison apple. I just seem to get, it seems to be more reliable. Um, but if I'm, yeah, I think best results are my R-Hop patch with the wasp piston, reliability, poison, apple, bucking with standard hop chamber. Um, Lawrence, um, we've probably just touched on this actually, Lawrence yeah. Newman asked me what hop arm do I use in my VSR? Well, Alex just told you that he is using the new Smithy, uh, the new Smithy, the gunsmithy, gunsmithy arm, yeah. arm, which is yeah. a bit of a game changer. Personally, I don't use an R-Hop or a maple leaf rubber in my VSR. I use a modified tan rubber with an ASP UK uh, hop arm. I've used that for uh, years now and the, the ASP UK hop arm is perfect for those modified tan style rubbers. So that's it for the um, Facebook questions. We're gonna move on to the Instagram. We've just got a few on Instagram. This post kind of slipped under the radar, but there's a few cool questions here. Um, where's Gilly on Instagram asks, what do you think about younger players in the sniper ops groups and games? We talked about this yesterday, didn't we? Well, who, did yeah. I, who did I say was the player who I feared the most in when playing sniper ops? I don't even know if you should say it, but uh, yeah. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't old man Smithy. He wasn't old man Smithy. No, it wasn't anybody else. It was Jude. It was Mr. Jude. Jude is the player, and Fraser as well. Yes, they're both Fraser. young guns. I think they're fifteen. They started playing when they were fourteen. I think their first game, and they're fifteen yeah. now. They've just. Um, I think they might have just done their GCSEs, but young um, Jude is probably, I think... He's a bit of a ninja. He's really small, he's fast, and he's just got an instinct for it. So what do I think about young players in Sniper Rock Group? Too many of them. Too, too many of them, because it's reducing the amount of times I win the game. They're too small, they hide too easily. Too good. Um, but no, <laughs> seriously though, we um, very much encourage young players, and when we, um, we, we run what I call recon events, which allow people to get an insight into the sniper ops games. Yeah. Um, and and the, the two, when we have young players, also James Upton is young as well. James Upton. James, young. yeah. James Upton's a young lad. He's he's very good. But he, he has come on a lot in the last six months as a player. That's really good to see. So yeah, what do I think of young players? Absolutely think it's fantastic. More the merrier. Um, it's scary for me because, and I feel myself getting older and these young, and my powers may be waning slightly. Um, as I get a little bit slower with my age, but these young guys are coming in and yeah. they are starting to kick ass, and it's, it's really good to see. It's good. Um, Alexandros Trich asks a really good question, um, and it's something I've, I've thought about a lot. He asks, well, he says he has tried filming a gameplay and it just ruined it for him because he consistently felt like he was not doing enough and do I get that too? That's a really good question. Um, I didn't even consider filming Airsoft for years. Um, I, I just didn't, 
I felt I, I just didn't feel the need, not the need to, I, I was just focused on improving my game and improving my abilities as a player and testing myself against the best players I, I could find and the, and the most challenging games. Then it kind of got to the point a couple of years ago where I was, there were so many cool things were happening in front of me that I wanted to start to document my journey. And I'm the, the, the most, do I find it ruins the game? Sometimes it can be distracting, yes. It can be when you go and you in and you you get into the habit of making videos and you are, think you're recording something, then you get camera malfunctions or like when I went to Belgium to play at the Chambers and I had um, a gun issue and you come away feeling just just really disappointed that you didn't capture any any footage and it can be demoralising, but. When you do record stuff and you manage to capture, like the, the last, the, the gameplay that's just gone up, I think it, despite the, there was widespread incidents of people cheating, I think it was on both teams as well, we just heard reports of people cheating on yeah. both teams and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, um, but the, the fact it was such a good game and that didn't detract from it, and when you can capture that game and capture the gameplay and capture the events and it's there, that it's there on the internet forever and you create this kind of legacy that's always going to be there, I, I find it incredibly satisfying, but how do I get over the distraction of the cameras? Well, I make sure my I use enough, I've got power banks on everything, every camera has its own power bank, every camera has as large a memory card as it can hold. Um, that usually means I can just turn my cameras on and they run for between four, four and a half hours without thinking about it, and then I can focus on my gameplay. Now, a lot of players, when they start playing Airsoft, I'm often asked that they've literally started and they ask, oh, what is your camera set up? When you're just starting and starting sniping and the first thing they're thinking about is getting camera setups, that is where it's gonna mess you up. You've really got to focus on your gameplay first and be, so it becomes instinct and second nature before you start worrying about cameras. That's all I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's a big distraction. Um, and a lot of the sniprops guys try it. You know, they, A lot of the guys try doing the cameras and it is distracting and they yeah. kind of- And heavy. Yeah, that's another thing. And heavy. At a sniper op game, a competitive game, I won't take cameras. No. Because it messes up. No. You've got the stuff here, stuff on the back of your head. You can't, when you're turning, it catches my 360 yeah. cameras on a pole. Yeah. It makes your guns heavy for a 24 hour event. It just becomes. That's big, big yeah. effort, isn't it? It's yeah. massive effort. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, is it distracting? Yes, it can be. Is it worth it? Hell yeah. When you when you capture some amazing footage, it is really worth it. Um, would I recommend people doing it? What do I always say to people when they start recording? What do I, I, I call it Pandora's box. Be yeah. careful. It's it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, it is. is but it? Yeah. but it, you can do it, I suppose you can do it quite simply if you've got a GoPro and if you enjoy it. I think that's the, I think that's a secret. If you enjoy it, then um, why not? Hutchie does well. Hutchie occasionally records scope cam yeah. and his head cam. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't get into the whole editing thing. He just records the head cam and the scope yeah. cam. Occasionally catches some cool stuff. Yeah. And then he'll post up little sixty or ninety second clips and share his really cool. journey that way. And they yeah, work yeah. really well. They get a lot of engagement. And if you want to start doing that kind of thing, yeah, just stick on a head cam and a scope yeah. cam. Click record. Don't think about it. And that's the most important. Don't think that you're recording. No. And just, just do. Just exactly. be. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. I don't. Where's Gilly's got another question about? Uh, just oh yeah. This other one. Oh, that's it. Yeah, Where, yeah. Where's Where's Gillies? Um, asked, are you going down to the National Airsoft event in 2019? I've never been. Um, Alex went this year. How? What did you think about it? Because I've I've heard mixed reports. So, I was told, and I think this is good advice. Having been there now, it's 
60% social. So well, Before we go on, people, because this is going out on podcast as well. Yeah. So people who haven't been to the UK National Airsoft event, especially if you're in another country, yeah. it's the biggest airsoft event in the UK. And there I are... I think in Europe, actually. It could well be. How, yeah. many, how many thousands of players were there? So I think, I'm not sure if it exceeded, but it was well above... You know, two thousand nine hundred players. So I mean, roughly three thousand players. Huge teams, yeah, about three, three teams thousand. or four teams. Three very big teams. There's almost a thousand players aside. It and it's is a massive skirmish. Insane. It's a lovely site, nice and big, very very terrain. Uh, the weather was uh, very interesting. Actually, one day was blinding hot sunshine. I think on the Sunday it was quite rainy. Um, however. Um, a lot of people said they, they think it's more of a, a social than yes. an airsoft event. Would you, would you agree with that? So, or? so I got told 60% social, 40% airsoft. I think it's that's a little bit unfair. I think maybe it's probably 50-50. It depends what you want to do. I think if you want to go there, turn up on Friday. I think they say turn up on Friday uh, night or very early Saturday morning. You can go there, not play airsoft, be in your gear if you want to, drink beer, have nice food, and see loads of cool airsoft people, because it is still quite a small community. So you can do that if you want to. But also, if you wanted to sort of go into a more milsim mode, set up your kit, and again, get there the Friday, and play Saturday and Sunday hardcore, don't have any are breaks. Are there shops and things there? Is it like, are they? Is there oh my God, yeah. So you, you, there's... A whole area that's almost like, and it, and they, you know, I know it was called National Airsoft Festival. I think they're trying to call it now National Airsoft Event because it is such a. Sorry, it was in a E. Now it's in a F. So they, yeah, look, he put there. Look on his questioning. Yeah, N A F. And I was like, oh, he must mean N A E. Yeah, so it was an A E. Now it's National Airsoft Festival. So you've got a setup. You've got beer tents, live entertainment. Uh, it's run. It is run really well. I must admit, it's very slick, very impressive, good marshalling. Uh, I didn't have any issues with hit taking. Uh, I kind of treated it in between for myself when I was out playing because they're long games, all day games. Do you have objectives? Multiple objectives. Did you uh, do the objectives or were you just my, I, hunting? Yeah, I was hunting, if I'm honest. So, and, the, and I think this is where you would really enjoy it. And I think anybody that's sniping, uh, you can, depending on where you are on the map uh, and depending on where you're placed in relation to objectives, if you can get into a spot where you have multiple objectives in key areas like I was in a valley um, you are going to have a very fun time if all of your gear is on point and if you play properly um, so I didn't have any breaks uh, at all and I just had all my rations with me and I ate on the field and I stayed on the field and had water um, yeah it was quite devastating as a sniper cool. I think so, so no, it sounds good. do it's I good. have plans of going I don't have plans on going I may go next year but I I haven't booked it yet I no. every year I've, I've thought about it and never gone um, it might be for me maybe next year we'll all go maybe we'll yeah. have a sniper ops mission out there could be fun maybe okay let's go on fun uh, and interesting we've got a couple more questions uh, Louis Me asks, what's a decent sniper, sniper rifle that won't break the bank too much? Um, similar question to what we asked earlier, but I'm going to say rifle. So does that mean I can't say Mark 23? No, it can. I can say Mark 23 and put it in a carbine kit. If you want to get yeah, into sniping, nice. yeah. get a, a Mark 23 with a longer inner barrel. Get the FPS up. Um, br- when uh, Brad, who runs the On My MK blog, uh, he and his team 
uh, are smashing um, Norway up with Mark 23s and they're using carbines and pistols. Um, and very effective. There, are, there's a, there is a there is a bunch of players in Norway who are seriously talking about trying to ban the Mark 23 pistol because they think it's overpowered. And so when, awesome. I, when, I, when I put this thumbnail on the video from Norway and I said they want to ban this pistol, people said, it's clickbait, you're lying, it's clickbait. Well, that's no, not... They, 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 they actually they, do want to ban they it. They think that. Um, which is crazy. So I would say Mark 23. What would you say for a decent rifle? Let's, let's say you, you can't say Mark 23. What would be a decent rifle that won't break the bank? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go on a bit VSR-based, only because... A yeah, something like a Sima. Um However, they're good however, out of the box. Some of them, they're 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 good out of the box. Yeah, they're sort of what four twenty, four thirty. Yes, some of them, there's, 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 some of them can lift heavy BBs right out of the box. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can you you'll get really far with that. Um, speak to Skirmshop if you do want to look at that. Um, they'll sort you out. Skirmshop UK or Netherlands, but um, but I must admit, yeah, I, I love my VSI. Yeah. I've I've limited use of SRS. Uh, also, a very good gun. Nice and compact. They're very compact, and actually, and if they're you know based off a nice real gun as well, it's pretty expensive cool. though, and that's you can't yeah. you can't pick that you can't pick lot, that for the answer for this no. one because the SRS quite literally will break. And some people will try and justify an SSG twenty four and say because it's this or that and the other way. It breaks the bank. It breaks the bank. It doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't answer. So that maybe question. Mark twenty three and maybe a SEMA VSR type rifle yeah. will get you. Very far. If you yeah. have both of them, then you'll yeah, be a destroyer. I think, I think that's a pretty straightforward answer. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and we're questions drawing to the a close here. Uh, Viva thirty four on Instagram asked, "What is the worst injury you've had whilst playing airsoft?" Alex, have you had a bad injury while playing? Um, not really, to be fair. Probably from mill sims and what running. The time I headshot you, I was alright. Okay. Yeah. So that wasn't bad. Twice. You hit me twice <laughs> from close range with your Mark 23. No, I've Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking Nose face protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, little, a little bit of a cheeky. No, I've been hit on the top of my nose, and where your nose is is quite uh, bony with your cartilage, and that tends to bleed. I, I ended up in A&E. Did you? Yeah. And there's actually the, the footage of that is on YouTube. Um, I was at uh, Airsoft GB in Essex, and this was before they banned. The, the movement through the, the shed and I was it was a private yeah. game and I was being I was climbing up a kind of crane thing and I remember falling backwards I had my VSR and I remember slipping falling backwards and rather than grab it I thought I don't want to drop my VSR and for some reason it was all in slow motion and I just fell backwards landed with a with a crack on the floor and there was a railway sleeper with a metal bolt sticking out of it Oof. and at the time it was like like probably an inch from my backbone and when I landed it felt like it had stuck into me up into my kidney and I just couldn't breathe and the video of it's on there Ouch. and I couldn't move and luckily there was um, there was actually an off-duty police officer there and he handled it really well I was I started to go into shock like I was shaking it was that painful I couldn't move wow. and I thought it was a serious injury he went ended up in A&E and um, you were lucky I was very lucky um, yeah I think I think with any injury there soft if you're doing a Milsim CQB, wear face protection, or at least wear one of these multi-wraps where you can cover up your teeth, maybe your nose. Uh, definitely decent eye mm. protection is an absolute must. Absolute must. No, none of these cheap sort of, wear something that's actually got a safety rating, an EN rating or ballistic rated. I had, I had pyro blood in my hand. I went to throw pyro. Yeah, I've had that. And I, I, it was wet in autumn, and I slipped, I, I stood up to throw this pyro, and I slipped on this log 
and I fell down onto my butt and this spike stuck up into my bum and yeah, it wasn't good. And then the pyro blew up in my hand. It wasn't a serious injury, but there was a, yeah, it was... Smoke grenades. Not good. I've had a smoke grenade burn where you, you know, you're holding it. Yeah. Sometimes if you hold it, if you, even if you've got gloves on, um, you can get nipped by it. And gloves sort of give you a, sometimes a full sense of protection. But again, I think with anything with Airsoft is if you're not that confident with where you are, take your time. Um, and I think you you won't go far wrong, really. I had a lucky escape uh, three or four years ago when I was playing at Longmore, which is an MOD, British Army MOD training oh, base. Love, love Longmore. And I had a smoke grenade spontaneously combust in my pocket. I wasn't wearing a ghillie suit, thankfully. Wow. And it was a, I was wearing a desert schmock, desert army, British army schmock, wow. which they, they, don't, they, they don't burn, basically. No, no. But if I'd been wearing anything other, if I'd been wearing my ghillie suit and that spontaneously combusted, it could have been nasty. Um, I was lucky that time. So that's that question answered. Worst injuries, close misses. Um, yeah, lots of close so, misses. Yeah, so just be careful out there, guys. Be careful wherever you're playing your airsoft. I think it's still more dangerous to ride a motorcycle, so don't be put off by that, boys and girls. And last question um, before we draw this podcast to a close is from Viva. Why do you think people cheat? Um, I'm, I can answer this question. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to turn this question around. Why don't you... Tell, tell me in the comments section below why you think people cheat. Watch the latest video I've put on YouTube. Um, I've, I, some of those people might be cheating or they might not be cheating. They might not feel it. Yeah. Some people probably are feeling it. Some people make excuses. Some people say it's gun hit. I don't know. Sometimes you just don't feel it. Um, but I'm going to ask you guys, why do you think people cheat? Um, is it deliberate cheating or not deliberate cheating? Um, I think there's too many answers to this question and if you watch my latest video um, which I put on YouTube there are so many incidents of did he cheat did he not cheat did he intentionally cheat or was that accidental cheating there are so many incidents like that that there is no one answer to that question um, yeah it's quite complex that. It's a, it is a very complex question the, I think the feeling especially when you've got plate carriers chunky ghillie suits uh, some people also, if they think they've shot you from fairly close up, but it's actually hit a twig or something yeah, like that, a bush, it. Yeah. and it's actually not got there. A gun's malfunction, quite a big one for yeah. me that I've noticed in in the past. I must admit, is a pistol will malfunction, won't pick up the BB as it's reloading or loading. So it it feels like it's shooting, but it actually yeah. nothing's coming out. And of course, you're pointing in the right direction. Everything is yeah. in the right direction. But nothing's happened. Yeah, it's like that, that's that, that first the first encounter I had in that latest video. The per- person I shot, the fourth person I shot. I'm convinced I shot him, but you just don't know. No. You just no. don't know. I can't. The, the the camera didn't pick up enough detail. I couldn't track the BB. I was convinced I shot him at the time, but you just don't know. So sometimes no. what you see is cheating isn't actually cheating. That's true. But then sometimes when I watch back the cameras, what I thought wasn't cheating, or sometimes I think I missed him. When you yeah. watch it back, you actually think. Bloody hell, I hit that guy. Yeah. I mean, the flinch reaction is the biggest giveaway. When we're looking down a, a scope at, you know, ranges from between, so I would say range up to 100 metres, you can see very clearly where you're hitting people on the shoulder, on the gun, ears, you know, in the face, wherever you're hitting them. Um, I generally aim straight for the mid-chest point. Sometimes with the hop, it hits people in the face. Sometimes with a wind deviation or just something not quite right with uh, the gun or if I've tilted it slightly it will move off left, right, up and down. So yeah. they're not bullets. 
Uh, and sometimes when people they hear it hit them, they, yeah. they might think it might have hit a tree. Sometimes you like yeah. these suits are, 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 are can happen. Yeah, this happened to me before when I've been running and uh, people have been shooting at me. I haven't felt it. And the guys go, "I hit you! I hit you!" And you go, "Okay, fair enough." You know, yeah. I didn't feel it at all because you're wearing ghillie suits and you're running. Especially when you're running, you sometimes just don't feel yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, adrenaline, CQB, uh, again, plate carriers, so people won't. If it's a loud environment, and then you get the very very few where someone is definitely getting hit they definitely know it definitely can hear it because you can have other people around them that are actually looking at people I've had that on my own team not so much in sniper ops but when I was doing sort of the more mill sims and you have to say to people you are getting hit uh, I mean you can just medic them I mean and, and I think sometimes if you're doing a very uh, serious mill sim uh, some of the sterling games are quite immersive and you've walked a very far distance. I mean, you're, we're talking miles, lots of gear on. You're tired. It could be late at night. Sometimes people think, actually, I'm not going to take that because I'll have Especially to go. Nighttime. All uh, nighttime is crazy. I mean, that, but that's another conundrum. So we'll rule out nighttime for now. But people sometimes think, do you know what? I'm, it's going to spoil my game. And I think really with any hit taking, I think you just need to be honest because otherwise, if someone. I, I love it. If someone counter snipes me, whether it's with a pistol, I mean, uh, last time I was at Battle Lakes in Kent, some guy got me with a pistol from 10 metres away. And I'll be honest, he got a drop on me hard. And this wasn't, I know for a fact, this guy was not super experienced. It wasn't about clever gear. I don't know what gun it was. It was just a pistol, blowback pistol. Could have been anything. I, can't, I couldn't even tell you. They got the drop on me. Uh, when we went to Longmore, and when you do any sort of event, if you're set up in a sniper's area, security is really important, even in real life. But we thought we had rear cover at one stage, and it actual what had happened is that person had been sniped with a Mark 23, I think, from an opposite member of the team. That wasn't the time RDX Tactical blew us all up with his it might tag be, route. It might be... <laughs> Around that time. Yeah. <laughs> um, shout out to RDX. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we thought we had rear guard. And I must admit, we, we got we got capped by someone else. And it's, it's mm. you know... But going, I saw, going back to the question about why why do people cheat, I thought, I think it was um, uh, Jet Desert Fox, the American YouTuber, yes. Airsoft... Um, personality. Yeah. If you haven't checked out his channel, it's worth having a look at. So he does put some really cool, cool content out. Um, he did a post that I don't agree with, and he posted that he thought that more people should wear cameras to catch cheaters. I actually would spin that around. From my experience, before I ran cameras. I thought more people cheated than they really do. Yeah. When you run cameras, you will find, I actually believe, the majority of people you think were cheating, when you watch back on a high definition, high frame per second camera, the majority of them aren't actually cheating. Now, whether that's because your BB didn't hit, or it deflected, or it bounced off a mag, and they didn't feel it, and they don't react whatsoever. Yeah. Those, I actually think, where people, if you think you're too many cheaters on the field, I actually think wear cameras to show yourself that they're not cheating, and yeah. you will find the majority of people are not cheating, and I, I honestly believe that, and that is from my experience of using high frame per second, high definition cameras. Yeah, I think, I think the the ratio of honest to not honest people, I think at least 
at least 90% plus, maybe more, maybe 95% people that play Airsoft because they love it, because it's part of the game, massive part of the game is honour. Um, I think they're, they're, they're fine. Yeah. And I must admit, um, since I've had my VSR back, uh, this, certainly this last year, I've had very few issues. Um, so, yeah, 95% of the players out there, I think, are really good people, good players. They take the hits well. And I think if you take out malfunctions and ricochets, etc., I think potentially that small number may be, you know, one One thing I, I might... Like it was... The, the problem is the cheating... Half the it, it's a tricky one, right? Because the a lot of YouTube videos, people love like now people love talking about airsoft cheating, even though it's it is a very very small percentage of it, it doesn't happen very often. It really doesn't. Most of the time we think it happens, it's not happening. However, when when these videos feature feature cheating, everyone gets all emotional about it, yeah. and it goes off. Now you only have to look at views on videos that feature cheating and the views go through the roof and this latest video I put up it was the, the potential or the, the, the actual cheating that was happening that day it was just impossible to ignore so I used I did put cheater in the title mm. I don't believe it changed any of the gameplay content but by putting that cheater in the title you could criticise me I could I have brushed it over did I have to, to put it in then maybe I didn't have to put it on the title but that YouTube algo loves, and people love talking about cheating. And it yeah. occurred, it, it occurred, and it, it is a documentation of what happened that day. And it, yeah. it, it does happen, I, I don't know, it's, it's a very emotive subject. Um, why do people cheat? Why do people put out YouTube videos like I have featuring the cheating? Well, if I had to cut it out, there wouldn't be much of the video left on that one. No. But, and think, and um, think, of, think of media in general, the news, how many stories are out there that are good, like, you know, hospital saves this much money and saves this many patients? It's not. It's driven by stories. There's lots of negativity. lots of controversy that's negativity put in the media. is very loud on, on yeah. social media. And the algos, like, the other thing is, the other thing, look, there is, there is something called YouTube ad revenue. And yeah. the difference between a, a, a video going viral and not going viral um, ask yourself if if a if a video goes viral and it pays five hundred or thousand pounds over its lifetime because it's gone viral because cheater was putting the title and it did feature cheating compared to maybe getting ten pound. It's it's a, if you're a YouTube creator, that's difficult to resist. Not simply putting cheater in the title, it, yeah. it's a difficult thing to resist. I'm being on, I'm being honest. Here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could have in the latest video, I could have not put cheating in the video at all. Yeah. And just let it go as a piece of content. People would have still said, "Oh my God, there's cheating in that video in the comments." Yeah, and it might, you know, but it's just hard to resist putting that in the title mm. because it did happen. It's not lying. It's not yeah. clickbait. Yeah. It, it was a feature of that day. Yeah, I don't know, guys. It's very emotive. Why do people cheat? If also, if, if we're talking about YouTube, not, they, they don't do it very often. I've got a channel. If I name a video because I'm doing a review of a product, and I just say head torch. But if a thousand other people do that as well, that's not really going to be helpful. So what you yeah. want to say is, is explain some of the features of, you know, I'm reviewing this or such yeah. like. So if it's an airsoft video, which is fun, sniping, and you're talking about a part of it being cheating or part of it being a milsim, yeah. I think that's legitimate really. Otherwise, how, you, how is someone else 
when they search on YouTube, unless they're just doing a random search and they're waiting for something to pop up, how will they know otherwise? Yeah. Especially if they want to be, you know, if you have some sort of uh, enjoyment on there, because some of the videos from some, yeah. some of the very s- serious sniping stuff can be the most boring, and it's only for something else to happen in a game, you know. With it's it's a very valid. There's a very valid point that you shouldn't that you shouldn't. Um, there's a very valid point that you shouldn't feature cheating. I know my my friend Ashley, um, aka the Hidden Hedgehog. He doesn't feature that kind of stuff on his channel at all. He doesn't think. Is he a paintballer as well? Yeah, he's a paintballer. He, yeah. he just doesn't think it should feature because yeah. it shines a negative light. I totally get that. I do yeah. totally get it, and I think it's a very. Um, it's it's. Yeah, it's a very honourable thing to not not do it, and you're protecting the reputation of the sport. So I, I totally get that. Yeah, it, it's it's an emotive subject, a very interesting subject. It's, it goes quite deep on a number of levels. Mm. Um, Although, but, if you're documenting, if you're actually trying to be a true reflection of what's happening, that's yeah, the difference. Because you can, yeah. you know, you can paint a picture that um, I don't know, driving a motorcycle is riding a motorcycle is safe, but the true reflection of the matter is it's rather dangerous. But it is also fun. So. Yeah. What what are you trying to say? Are you trying to tell the truth and document properly, yeah. or are you trying to, you know, be very narrow minded about how things are perceived and, and experienced? That's, that's that's one thing about this, that's the other thing so, about the video that I've just put up on YouTube. What constitutes cheating? I think people might be surprised about how low my number, the my what I believe is cheating at video might actually be a lot lower than what the majority of people think is cheating. Dead man video. talking. Yeah, that's bad. That's People bad. talking on radios when they're actually dead. Yeah. Um, hand signals. Yeah. There's so, loads of stuff, and you know. Yeah. It's 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 massive, isn't it? Who, who knows? Yeah. yeah. People all people push the rules. Like just last night in the UFC, Conor, Conor McGregor was pushing the rules by by grabbing the gloves. Yeah. And using his toes yeah. on the, on the Good ring. point. And you know. They let that slide. Yeah. That was cheating. That was cheating. And yeah. people cheating football, if they can get away with it. People, if yeah. they think if there's a reason for them to cheat and then get away with it to win, then they'll, they probably will. That's human nature, maybe. Or yeah. Depend, it depends what's at stake, I guess. Depends what's at stake. Guys, listen, we're gonna, we've are gonna we done all the questions. Thank you very much for the questions on Facebook and YouTube. Next podcast, I think I will take them from YouTube again. I'll do a YouTube post. I want to say thank you very much to um, Alex, a.k.a. Alpha Pew Pew. If you want to Pleasure. follow him on Instagram, give him a follow. I'll post the link below um, in the podcast. Also want to say thank you to everyone on Instagram who joined us live today. Um, we've been live streaming this as well. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, give me a follow on Instagram as well. I Hopefully you already do. And I will, um, yeah, let's close this uh, podcast off. And thank you very much. And I will see you next time.